I'm Lisa Mateo of the PIX11 Morning News in New York, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Week 5, week 6. Why do I say week 5? It's week 6 in the NFL. 
The Giants played the San Francisco 49ers at 4.30 p.m., and let's just face it, they went there and they made a statement. It was a statement game. The Giants did what they had to do. They came back. They are now the best NFL team. Sir? Yeah, I agree. Um, sir, this sounds like a, I feel like I'm in a deja vu. Um, did, did we talk about this already? <laughs> we sort of did, but let me ask you some questions that we didn't get to last night. Now that the Giants have uh, pretty much proven that they're the best team in the NFL. They come home, they play a team with the Washington Redskins, a team in their division. They are 0-2 in their division. I know this is not a must game, but you've you got to win one of those games in your own division. I agree. Um, I, would almost, I would almost disagree that it's not a must win because if the Giants lose this, that means they'll have lost to three, game, three teams in their own division. They'll be 5-3, and three, which is terrible. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. They would be 4-3 and three at that point. Right now, the Giants are 4-2. They're flying high. Their only two losses have come to teams in the division. They cannot go 4-2. and two. They need to go 5-2, and two, sir. Giants need to win this Sunday because if not, it sets them up terribly. They're only going to be one game, you know, above 500, and it sets them up terribly for the rest of the year. So I would say this is pretty much a must-win. So uh, the Giants are usually good against teams with mobile quarterbacks, except for Mike Vick, as we discussed last night. Um, it seems like the Eagles have the Giants' numbers over the last couple of years, even though the Giants have pretty much dominated the NFL. What do you think the Giants need to do against the Redskins this Sunday? Um, I think they need to win the game, sir. Um, I oh. think the Giants, Giants need to continue what they did this past Sunday. They need to get pressure on the quarterback. They need to get the pass rush going. I want to see at least four sacks of uh, RG to the fifth power. The Giants absolutely, definitely positively and maybe need to make a statement, sir, and they need to make that statement this week. So I'm hoping that they will be able to, to get that pressure. Eli will, you know, get his – Chris Canty might be back. I don't think it's 100% yet, but if the Giants need all the help defensive they can get. But last week was great to see, sir, and the Giants just need to keep that going because if not, if they don't get pressure on the quarterback, they're going to be in trouble, sir. You had a pretty good week. Not only did you beat the San Francisco 49ers, a team that was just steamrolling over the last two teams, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets, but, sir, the, the Dallas Cowboys lost to the Ravens, the Eagles, uh, I don't know who they lost to, and and the Redskins, I, I believe they won, but uh, it was a pretty good week for you. Yeah, it was, sir. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that the Giants uh, laid the smackdown, as it were, because, you know, we did talk about this yesterday, that the truth of the matter is that, it does frustrate me the Giants don't get in the end zone more often. They tend to settle down when they get to the, the inside of the red zone. But they look great, sir. You know, I, I can't complain about this. I can't sit here and uh, and talk smack, as it were, complain the Giants didn't score enough points because they won by 23. So, ultimately, it's good. It is a little bit concerning because, again, when you look at the whole uh, – the overall picture of the team, going into the, the Eagles game, you know, Giants, if they get one more touchdown, if they do a little better in the red zone, they win that game. Same thing with the uh, the Cowboys. So, the Giants have been in every game, sir. They could realistically be 6-0 and right now, but they're not. Um, this week, again, must win. Giants, Eli's going to do his thing, but their defense is key. Give me a quick prediction on the score. Um, quick prediction, uh, 27-17. 27-17, I'll go with that. I, I do agree with you that the Giants – it's not, again, I mean, as a non-Giant fan, I would say that the Giants are in good shape right now. But, yes, it would be nice to actually win a game in your division, especially since that's the first tiebreaker when it comes towards the end of the season when they're all jumbled up. I believe at the end of last year they had, what, three 9-7 teams, and I think the Giants got in because they had the better divisional record. So, 
you know what? They they do got to actually win this Sunday against the Redskins. But sir, let me ask you a quick question too. Um, how is it that the Giants go about their business? They they win a game against the, probably the best team in the NFL at that time. They beat the San Francisco 49ers in San Fran from pillar to post. They beat them left and right on the offensive side, the defensive side. They don't talk one peep about. You know, they don't talk any smack. And then when you look at the team on the uh, that plays in the same stadium, the New York Jets, they just got done being a team that had a rookie quarterback, Andrew Luck, with a defense that's very suspect on the road. And all of a sudden, now Rex Ryan is opening his mouth again and talking about how he's going to go up to New England and he's going to beat the New England Patriots. I, I just uh, to, to me, you just need to shut up once in a while, Rex. Sir, well, he's been quiet this year. Boomer Sison actually said that he, even though we know he's not a Jets fan, he said this morning on the morning show, um, ding dong! With it, the old Rex Ryan. Um, <laughs> he didn't say that, but I just have to throw that in there. He did say that it's nice to have the old Rex back talking smack. It seems like he wanted to make a statement against the the Patriots. And I don't like it as a football fan, as a Giants fan. I think it's tacky, it's classless, which is what he's become uh, known for. Now let me ask you this, sir: Has the shine wore off? The uh, the proverbial gem of uh, Rex Ryan so far. Just answer the question, sir. Yes or no. I'm still gonna say no. I just don't think Mike Tannenbaum. And I've said this a couple times on the show last couple weeks. I just don't think Mike Tannenbaum has done a good job. They haven't done a good job drafting. The personnel this year is just pitiful. I mean, Darrell Revis is out. Santonio Holmes is out. Those are your two big playmakers. I I don't know how much further the Jets could go other than winning maybe two or three more games. Uh, they just don't have the talent right now. I, I, I guess you can blame Rex Ryan for opening his mouth, but um, I think he's going to survive this year, even if the Jets end up being five and eleven or six and ten. So this week they actually go and play the New England Patriots up in New England, and New England just uh, suffered a, a horrendous loss. They lost by a point to the Seattle Seahawks. And let's face it, when you go play Seattle in Seattle, they say that's the loudest building in the NFL, and uh, I believe it. So I think that the the Pats are going to be uh, ready for the Jets. And I really do think that they're going to lay a smackdown on the Jets this week. I I think it could be like one of those 31 to to seven, 31 to 14 type games. I just don't think the Jets have what it takes right now to go up and beat a team like as talented as the New England Patriots. Uh, it was great that I asked you for a yes or no answer, and you went off on this rant. Um, I agree. You know, I, I hate to say it, but I don't see any way in hell that the Jets do win. And then of course it's it's almost like waking a sleeping giant with Rex and his comments and stuff. So. I don't think that was a smart move on Rex's part, but when have we ever accused Rex Ryan of being smart? I think so that he's dangerously close, teetering on the brink of uh, everything wearing down. I mean, you know, people are tired of, of his crap and his talk, so we'll see. I agree. I th- Hell, I think the Jets are going to get blown out to Sunday. I really do. I think that uh, they'll lose by two touchdowns minimum. So if I'm going to predict, I would say the Jets lose about 35 to, I don't know, 16. Wow. Okay. So looking around the other, besides the two locals, so there you go. Uh, DG and I both pick the Giants to win over the Redskins, and we both pick the Patriots over the Jets this week. Uh, looking around the NFL, though, it's amazing that we talk about the Giants, but there is still one undefeated team, sir. Would you happen to know who that is? Um, the only team that I could think of that would remain undefeated would be the Houston Texans, sir. No, they actually lost this week to the uh, Green Bay Packers. The only undefeated team right now in the NFL are the Atlanta Falcons, believe it or not, and they're they're going under the radar too. But I still think, even though the Giants have two losses, I still think that the Giants are the better team, even though the Falcons are six and zero at this point. Um, well, exactly and then the I, I said the yeah, Atlanta Falcons are still undefeated, yeah, and uh, really happy about that because Matt Ryan is doing a great job for me as a fantasy quarterback. 
<laughs> there you go. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the the um, the only other thing about the NFL is that the fact that the um, this past Monday you had the Denver Broncos playing the San Diego Chargers, and you know uh, Peyton Manning was down about 24 points. He led his team all the way back for the 35 to 24 victory. I know you have a big fondness for Peyton Manning, so did, um, you must have been impressed with that kind of comeback. Oh, absolutely, sir. When I turned the game on, they're down 24-14, I believe it was, and uh, Peyton is the man. He's my favorite football player pretty much, and, again, this is the only time I would admit that someone who's not on my team is my favorite in anything, but uh, he did a damn good job. Did you, did you happen to see his uh, his uh, attempt at tackling a, a player who was a running, sir, trying to get the, the player out of bounds? No, I mean, I mean, I've seen him do that in the past. I'm sure it looked pretty bad. He pretty much just ran and slid in front of a guy, like off to the side, and then yeah. that was it. He was pretty much done. It, it, it was amazing, sir. Absolutely amazing. So, since we have an abbreviated show, any calls want to talk about some football? It's seven one four three six four four seven two one. But we're halfway through the show already, folks. So we we need to get onto our next topic, which is baseball. And sir, as as bad as as bad as the playoff series. Uh, the playoff setup has been in terms of having two games at home for one team and then three uh, three road games, the two three format. It actually produced f- uh, four game fives, and that was the first time in history. What did you think about the um, the first round of the playoffs this year in baseball? Uh, I thought it was great, sir. I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I don't think you can really, I don't think that you can really um, count on this every week, sir. But um, you know, they did good. What can I tell you, sir? It, they got their wish. They made it exciting. You know, there was there was teams everywhere, a back-to-back and a belly-to-belly. So where every series went to five games. That's a great thing. I still hate the one-game playoff, but the five-game series thing has gone well. I thought what was interesting in each of the series was that in the Giants and Red series, San Fran lost their first two games at home, only to come back and win the next three in Cincinnati. And that was the first time that Cincinnati had a three-game losing streak all year. And that was at the worst time, obviously, because they were eliminated. And then you had... The Nats and Cardinals, the biggest storyline there was the fact that the Cardinals were down to their last strike in Game 5, and they were able to come back and put four spot in the top of the ninth inning. They were able to take Game 5. But the real key of that game, or that series, sir, was the fact that Strasburg was not available for the Nats, and uh, that ultimately cost them that series. The the Tigers in A series, you had basically the Tigers um, win the first two at home and then go to Oakland. They dropped the next two, but Verlander was the big, big, big difference, and we'll talk about him shortly. And then you had the Yankees O series. What's interesting about the Yankees in O series, sir, is that these two teams were pretty much evenly matched throughout the year. And in game five, CC Sabathia threw the game. It was a good game. But I think what nobody's really talking about anymore because it's a moot point, it's, it's like a week and a half later, is the fact that, the the Yankees um, and it seems like the the Orioles are just uh, get screwed every time they play at Yankee Stadium because back in '97 you had the Jeffrey Mayer play, this year you had McLeod hit a home run that hit the foul pole and and I'm going to tell you sir they interviewed the usher in that section in 206 and he did say it grazed the foul pole and that would have tied the game at 1-1 we don't know if the, the Yankees would have lost right there. You're right. Um, you know the instant thing, sir. And I was thinking about this earlier. Is that my prediction on the uh, the series pretty much proved to be accurate? I know that Jeter got hurt the next, you know, pretty much the first game in. But I did say whoever came out of this series most likely was going to get hurt, uh, but hurt by the fact that every game went extra innings and stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees or the Orioles, whoever did win, in this case it was the Yankees, ended up getting swept 
in the next round. It looks like that's going to happen. So tonight, if you're the New York Yankees, you've got to throw everything you have, CC Sabathia. But the scary thing is the, the Yankees can literally have a, have a you know, CC can go out there and be lights out and still lose 2-1, to one, which is, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to lose like 3-1. to one, But their offense is so putrid. You cannot have any hope whatsoever in this team that if you're a Yankee fan that they're going to do anything and that they're going to win because, sir, that's pretty much uh, – I think the Yankees are done. Tonight is going to seal it up, out four games, which is terrible. And you mentioned this to me yesterday on the way to the studio. If you're the Yankees and Girardi doesn't win in 9 is he still the manager of the team? That, that's a big question. I mean, I, I thought about it. I, I honestly don't think that the uh, Joe Girardi – and, you know, it's kind of hard to fire somebody when their father just passed away recently. But uh, that aside, if you're looking at just strictly performance, if the, if the Yankees don't win in 2009, then I think that Girardi is definitely on the hot seat. And I think it's really likely that he does get fired. I think you have to have wholesale changes with this team. Look at what um, what's happened in this series. You've had A-Rod got pinch hit for two times already in the series. When does the best player in baseball maybe ever, well, next to like Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle or something like that, when, did, when does somebody like that get pinch hit for? Uh, it doesn't happen, sir. It happened this time with the Yankees. And, you know, yeah, yesterday Eduardo Nunez did hit a home run, so, you know, he did good, quote-unquote. But, um, you know, there was no way if you're a Yankee fan, if you, you know, you're thinking, or even a baseball fan, you're thinking that was a that was a great move because of the potential that A-Rod has to be a game winner, to be a game changer. You know, it doesn't make any sense tonight. If they're going to go down, they need to go down fighting. They need to have A-Rod in there. I mean, hell, sir, Robinson Cano is at, what, 0 for 30? I mean, bench him. Put Nunez at second. He's hitting, he's hitting jack squat. You know, if they if they bench A-Rod, I know Mike talked about them trading him to the Marlins or had that, you know, supposedly the – a story came out that it was a farce, and you know Cashman categorically denied it, which means that tomorrow A-Rod will be a Marlin. But, sir, you can't not have A-Rod in this game. I don't care what anybody says. You just, you just can't do it. It's, it's got to be all hands on deck when you're down 3-0, uh, and then you got to win the next four, and two of the next four are on the road still. So Detroit is, uh, has the advantage. Uh, you know, C.C. Sabathia, like you said, could pitch the game of his life. He could give up one run in eight innings, and, and, the, and right, right about now, the Tigers could lose. I mean, the, the Yankees could lose like two to one, or even one nothing. I mean, at, at this point, they're, they're struggling. And sir, um, you might have not watched the game, all the game last night, but actually, Cano did get a hit, so I believe he's like one for thirty now. So, uh, kudos to him for getting off the snide. Um, you know, when it counts. Yeah, yeah, you're right, sir. <laughs> I, I totally agree. But the, the, you know what's funny? If you if you looked at the Yankees, you wouldn't the, this year, this playoff year has just not been the Yankees. They they weren't dominant. They were in their their they were desperate the whole the whole month of September. They you know they were basically one game out. Um, well, the Orioles were one game out. And they were always that close to to losing the lead for the division. But then they they struggled against the Orioles, a team that they were evenly matched against. And now they're down 0-3, and then you have all this off-the-field stuff with A-Rod and giving baseballs to girls, getting phone numbers. You have Swishalicious uh, just, like, upset with the fans, boo-hoo-hoo. Swishalicious, you know, you're, you're gone probably after this. I mean, it's just when you look at the team, they're in such disarray right now. I don't see how they could come back tonight. I mean, it's going to be a close game because CeCe Sabathia is pitching. I don't see the bats waking up. I mean, if it wasn't for Ra- Raul Abanez hitting miracle home run after miracle home run this this playoff season, the, the Yankees could have been eliminated in the first round. You're right. Uh, you know, 100%, absolutely, 
agree with you, sir, that the Yankees could have been out, they could have been done, and hell, they're lucky that they they made it past the Orioles. I mean, the Orioles wouldn't be laying down like dogs this way. I really wanted them to win, sir. So did I. So, uh, gun to your head, is elimination today or is it tomorrow? Because I think it either ends tonight or tomorrow, to be honest with you. Uh, gun to my head, I would say tonight. I think the Yankees are demoralized. I think they're done. I can't imagine them winning. And if they do win, then they're probably going to get smacked around tomorrow. I think it's going to be a gut-wrenching loss for those Yankee fans. And, Nelson, if you're listening to us, which you should be because we're going to be on your sh- uh, on your station next week, I mean, you were completely off last night. You were saying how A-Rod should be benched. And, and then when we made the argument that if, if A-Rod's going to be benched, then Cano should be benched. And they, they lost again last night. You said the bats would wake up uh, against Verlander? I mean, do you watch baseball? I mean, uh, come on. Clean those glasses that you you need eventually. So, uh, oh, he, he, we, he and I did talk today, and he was telling me, you know, the Yankees have a chance. They're not out of it and blah, blah. And look, Nunez hit a home run. Yeah, Nunez hit a home run. You still lost. Who cares, you fool? <laughs> I mean, uh, it does, I mean, people are going to uh, talk about the, uh, what, the 4 Red Sox that came came back against the Yankees. But you know what? The Red Sox had a pretty good offense back then. They had pretty good pitching. Uh, I, the Yankees right now are just not hitting a lick. Uh, nobody's really hitting anything. If it wasn't for that ninth inning where Nunez hit a home run, the, the Yankees were went quietly into the night. They were got shut out two straight games. It would have been sure. game two and game three that they would have been shut out. Sure. The only hitting going on for the Yankees is A-Rod hitting on women in the stands. That's about it. Oh, where's that ba <laughs> Oh, yeah. you need that. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that sound by right now, but honestly, sir, I mean, there's nothing else going on for this team. But let, let's be real. They're done. They are done. One and done. One win in the, uh, you know, one series, that's it. Get the hell out. Second series, they're done. The other uh, championship series is the NLCS, and you have the uh, Giants and Cardinals. That that series is pretty interesting to me for the fact that the Cardinals went in and won game one, and then they had Chris Carpenter, I guess because he hasn't really pitched this year. But they lost game two, and now the series is tied – I'm not sure if there's rain tonight in the forecast in St. Louis, so they might be playing right now. I'm not 100% sure. I'm letting my producer put it on our screen over here in the PG studio, uh, but that game might be delayed by rain. Um, do, you, do you have any predictions on that series? I know we don't really care about the Giants and Cardinals, but uh, the Cardinals seem like a team that just has a winning a winning formula year in and year out. Uh, who do you pick for this series? I picked the Cardinals, although supposedly Beltran did get hurt, so uh... – I'm not sure how bad, but apparently he's, uh, you know, they had to take him out of the game. Oh, wow. And, yeah, the, the, the game is actually on right now, and uh, I'll try to get you a score before we go off the air, folks. But, folks, it's 714-364-4721, our abbreviated show. Next week, sir, we go live at 1640 a.m. Ironbound Radio. An extra half an hour, we will be on for 90 minutes every Wednesday from 6 to 730. As we close out our show, our abbreviated show, why don't we just uh, quickly talk about what I want to bring up before uh, last night, which we had no time for, but we, we got into this discussion at our production meeting, but we talked about people we'd like to meet. And I, I'm, I'm always interested because it, it, it became a good discussion point. But who, who would be the top three people you'd like to meet? Well, I couldn't think of a third person since uh, our last conversation, but I would absolutely love to meet Hulk Hogan, although after this whole sex tape scandal, you know, I'm not sure how I'm talking <laughs> to I would love to meet Shawn Michaels. And um, I guess Vince McMahon would be the third one. But, you know, again, we were talking about autographs and things of that nature. I can't think because there's so many baseball guys. I mean, I'd love to meet Daryl Strawberry, uh, Piazza, you know, Kevin McReynolds, see what kind of a douche he is, he is in real life because apparently he's a real toolbox. But uh, aside from that, 
Um, you know, I mean, no football, nothing like that. Those are the only guys I can think of right now. I would love to have a sit-down dinner with Vince McMahon and just pick his brain on wrestling and, you know, find out why his head is so firmly planted up his own rear end right now. But uh, Triple H is another guy I would love to talk to and not so much get any autograph, but just kind of chat about wrestling, sir. What about you? Oh, uh, and Jim Ross, too, but I've heard Jim Ross is not that pleasant in person. <laughs> okay, sir. I mean, you don't have to believe everything you hear. I mean, you don't know that for a fact. I've heard it multiple stories and multiple situations. You know, uh, Justin LaBar said on his show that, you know, they were nice enough when he's talked and stuff, but he has heard a lot of stories about Jim Ross uh, kind of blowing people off and stuff, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, if I... In terms of wrestling, I'd love to meet Vince McMahon because I think he revolutionized the sports entertainment world by, you know, buying territories and, you know, ultimately bought WCW, which is the demise of wrestling, in my opinion. But I'd like to pick his brain, uh, so I'd like to meet him. I'd like to meet uh, somebody that uh, I always admired on the, the Jets, which is Curtis Martin. I always thought that he was a very professional and very – well, actually, you know what? Believe it or not, folks, uh, PG exclusive, I have met Curtis Martin uh, in the parking lot of a Jet game after a game uh, – uh, oh, I got to meet him and yeah, I got Poor to meet guy, him and his mother. <laughs> you met him and his mother? Oh my goodness! You know, well, let, let's move on, sir, because I don't want Curtis Martin's agents calling you, sir. I mean, hell, I've met Bruce Harper. Bruce Harper's a great guy, funny guy. Funny story about him I can't share on the air. You know who else I just thought of that I would love to meet? Two people: yeah, Peyton and Kurt Warner. Oh, Kurt Warner, yeah, that, that's a good one, actually. You know what? That's a really good one. Yeah, because, you know, he's a fucking Christian, and uh, his faith, his career, et cetera, et cetera. I think he would be a great person. So, hell, I've tried to get him on the show. That hasn't worked. Uh, you know, stalking him, going to his house, that hasn't worked. So, uh, yeah, getting to meet him would be great, sir. Maybe at the deposition where he's suing me for, uh, you know, harassing him and stalking him. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, Vince McMahon, Chris Martin, and uh, I would like to meet because I always thought he was loyal to the organization. Even when they, they really stunk, he stuck it out, and they got two more pieces to him for him in, in basketball. I'd like to meet Paul Pierce and just talk about him. Sir, are you okay? Oh, yeah, Michael Jordan. I forgot. I would like to meet Michael Jordan also. I'll put him on the list. Of my, you said three, I'll give you 30. Michael Jordan is up there. Oh, and Chris Jericho is another one. Oh, right, Chris Jericho, yeah. So when I when I talked about the top three people, I meant top 33 for you, sir. Well, if I were to go based on that list, I, I'd have to keep Hogan and Michaels up there, but I probably would say, um, I don't know, sir, who do you think would be who do you think would be better to meet? Uh, someone like, let's say, Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning, or Michael Jordan? Um, Michael Jordan would be interesting because uh, I think nowadays uh, athletes, uh, not that they don't care, they're very rare, I just think that there's very few athletes that care about actually winning titles. Um, you know, you got your Derek Jeter, your Kobe Bryant, and a couple of those people. But I, I'd like to meet Michael Jordan and just like get his, uh, just pick his brain and talk about how 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 fueled he was, how motivated he was, night in and night out to win titles, and that's all he really cared about. I mean, he got the money. He was paid what thirty million dollars as one of his last years as a bull. So it'd be very interesting to talk to Michael Jordan. I, I totally agree with you, sir. All right, so let me give you top ten. Oh, geez, I just broke something here in the studio. Let me give you top ten. I would say Hogan, uh, HBK Hogan, two, Jordan, three, and not, not necessarily in order. Peyton Manning, four. Uh, what's his name? Kurt Warner would be five. I would like to meet The Rock at the six. Chris Jericho probably would be, would be a seven. Number eight, Daryl Strawberry. No, I would love to have met Dwight Gooden, but from the interviews that I've heard with Dwight, he may not be in the right frame of mind. Um, give me two more, sir. I gotta round out my top ten. Vince would be nine, I guess, and who would be the tenth guy, sir? I'd love to meet a good Alfonso also, so I guess I'll throw Alfonso in there. 
Well, yeah, that, that interests me how you would pick Alfonso out of nowhere. I mean, I, I don't know why he interests you so much. He's my, well, other than the fact that he's a Christian, great guy, one of my all-time favorite Mets, and probably my second favorite Met of all time after Piazza. But if I had to go based on everything else, he would probably be up there as well. I mean, he was just a great, great uh, Met, sir. He was clutch. He was everything. He epitomized everything that was great about the Mets in the late 90s and early 2000s. And, you know, I would have loved to have seen that guy get a title. I just think he'd be fascinating, sir. I think he'd be a fascinating person to to talk to. And, I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. You could talk about guys left and right. You could throw in, uh, you know, and anyone you can think of, sir, uh, you know, again, that you might think would be fascinating. Um, I would love that. love to talk to so many different people. What about you, sir? Well, I'm not going to give you my top ten. I, I mean, the, the, we have no time for that right now. I mean, we'll, we'll save that for another show. Uh, I think it's important while we have a minute or two before we close out, I think it's important that we once again reiterate to the fans – all the people that listen to us, we are going on next Wednesday from 6 to 7.30, and the call-in number stays the same. It's 714-364-4721. You can check us out on the website, puregoldpg.com, like you said. But, sir, the one thing I, d- I didn't mention is that we'll be also webcasted, so you'll be able to see us if you want, uh, and then you'll also be able to see us on, on 1640 AM website, which is what? IR1640.com. That actually launches in November. So basically, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of hectic here at the PG Studios for the next couple of weeks because we will be in Newark for the second time, but technically the first time next week. We'll have a couple of weeks off of, of that, and then we're going to come back to the regular schedule of uh, Wednesday, you know, time on November 14th, 6 to 7.30. So that's going to be fun. You mentioned the webcasting thing. I, again, I don't know who wants to watch us, but it is pretty cool when you think about the likes of uh, – you know, Boomer and Carton, who I loathe, but Mike Francesa, who I love, guys like that who, you know, you could watch them on TV, sit there eating hot dogs and hamburgers and, you know, farting, uh, making noises and falling asleep, and then you could also see us doing the same thing. Well, besides talking about Yankees, we'll be talking about Yankees, we'll talk about football, obviously, next week. Who's our guest for next week for our premiere show? Our guest for next week is the talented... Nikki Boyer, who many of you have, maybe you don't remember the name, but you have seen her. She is the host of Daytime in No Time on Yahoo, which is frequently up there at the search bar. You can see it all the time. They have various versions of it, you know, covering different things, late night in no time, TV in no time, blah, blah, blah. Nikki has also been in several films, which is how I found out about her until I realized, wait a minute, I've seen this woman a million times on Daytime in No Time. Um, It's going to be exciting to have her on, sir. And, uh, you know, there's a possibility that we may have our old friend Pyro joining us next week or possibly a Josh Eisenberg to discuss the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which we didn't really touch on the WWE tonight. But uh, Ryback was made the number one contender for the WWE title, and you and I both think something is going to happen. So we'll see where that goes next week. So, folks, before we close out the show, i got to go it, with Joe's favorite sir. segment. And, uh, I'll do you know, it, sir. Mistake! That is right, folks. It is time. Mistake! And tonight's They Stink brought to you by myself. I got to touch on something. I got to touch on someone who is an absolute waste of space, one of the biggest disgraces of all time in professional sports. I'm talking about the one and only Lance Armstrong. What an absolute tool this guy is so I remember rooting for Lance. I don't like cycling. Hell, I don't like any any of the Olympic sports for the most part. But somebody like Lance, 
who is a cancer survivor, you know, again, still has that on his resume, but I'm going to get to that in a second. This guy was an idol to millions. Anyone with cancer can sit there and say, wow, look at the stuff that Lance Armstrong has done. Look at his career. Seven Tour de France medals in a row, sir. Unbelievable. The highest of highs. And now to the absolute lowest of lows, he had to resign from his own cancer, uh, his own cancer organization, the whole Livestrong thing, which he had with Nike. Nike pulled their sponsorship, and he, he hung it up. He resigned. He has never refuted these charges. The fact is, the charges are real. He cheated. This guy makes me sick, and I cannot believe that he was so high up on a pedestal that folks thought he was the greatest thing ever, and he has fallen this far. He has multiple children. He's got all these different things going on. What do your kids think about you, Lance? What are they going to think? Are they going to think, oh, my dad won these medals? No. They're going to think my dad is one of the most famous and probably the most famous cheaters of all time, and he's going to go down in history. People are going to remember him. They're going to remember cycling. The only thing that they're going to remember about Lance Armstrong is big, fat, sloppy cheater who got seven, not one, not just seven titles taken away. I can't believe it. This guy makes me sick. As a matter of fact, that should be the, the name of this segment. Instead of they think it should be you make me sick or make us all sick. Because this makes me want to vomit, sir. When I see what happened to him, you know, he was, again, idol to millions. People looking up to him, thinking he's great. All the struggles, all the things he's gone through, something admirable. And then, I mean, come on, what are you doing, Lance? Why are you cheating? And I don't even understand why people cheat. Uh, because you get found out eventually, and then you're disgraced. Your whole career is ruined. Look at A-Rod or A-Roy. I mean, you can't compare him to, to Lance Armstrong, but come on. Come on, Lance. What are you doing? <laughs> that that puts a ball. Yes, that puts a ball on a great uh, pure gold abbreviated show. Next show week we will. Show yes. some guts. Show some guts. Guts. So anyway, the uh, by the way, the Cardinals are winning two to one in the bottom of the seventh inning as we close out. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff next week. Ninety minutes. Don't forget pure gold version three. Version 1 was at our homes. Version 2 was at CSB. We're finally on the radio. 16.40 a.m. Ironbound Radio. Sir, close us out. Take us home. Tune in next week, folks, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, everybody. Tune in again next week with Nikki Boyer. See ya.